everybody, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and the City podcast where we dive into every episode of Sex and the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm a little sleepy today, a little groggy. How are you? Um, You know, a little bit of the same. It's always tough when a holiday is midweek. I'm recording in a hot attic, so we'll see how long. Yeah, I can why last. are you in the attic? Because they're doing work downstairs. So oh, okay. We'll hope you guys won't hear the kitchen renovation, and also you know some roof work. <laughs> so we'll see. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> There's no middle ground here except this. And you know, Chris and I can't hear it. Yeah, we only that... hear it in like post. I'm turning my fan off so we don't have to hear about that of like, so yeah. I don't want to hear it from you people. Barb's out. I get the menagerie's gone mm-hmm. and we can really just get to what's what. Um, mm-hmm. I hope you had a good fourth. We hope you all did listening. Not much to celebrate in terms of America, but you know, we're no. doing our very best. We're trying. I don't know if America's trying, but like you and I are. America's definitely well. They're they're trying and succeeding, just like at just stuff doing I the wish opposite of what, what right. we'd like. Yeah, you know, stripping rights. And I'm thinking of right. our, I'm thinking of our sister Kiki Palmer today. Pranker. I'm thinking of the planet because that too is kind too of higher. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot going on, you know. But that's why we do this silly little podcast it's to maybe just, like distract us. It's just tough to, like, open Instagram and see, like, July 4th, hottest day in recorded human history. It's like, what? I know. I saw, like, Amber Alert gone wrong. Like, it's a lot going on. Everything is a, a fudge. A shit a show. But you know what's not a shit show is Patreon. Did you like that seamless transition? That was beautiful. Um, we are having so much fun over there. And this past weekend, we surpassed... A little goal we'd had in our heads, but, like, I don't even but think we dared to say aloud. Yeah. And that is that there are more than 400 active shorties at this oh. moment. You know, that'll change. It's gonna it could come be 399 by the time this comes out. Yeah, it's going to go up and it's going to go down. But we just want to thank each and every person who's already made the decision to support the podcast and help keeping this content going and Mm -hmm. allowing us the space to really figure out what it's going to be as we approach the end of the Sex and the City Cinematic Universe. Because I don't know if we're getting a season three of it just like that. Are you kidding me? I feel like it's just it's not creating the cultural buzz it was in season one. The girls aren't talking online the way they were. And with the writer strike, I feel like we might be bidding a do. I, I'm not saying that's what I want. I can't even put that out there. I, we, we have too much to deal with. I, I just, I don't know. I just, what, like, refuse. Guys, what do you all think? Do you think we're getting a season three? No, look, of course the ratings and everything are going to spike when Kim appears. And that's why Max was like, get your I'm ass so over here, bitch. Kim. Yeah, Ken is a mess. Sorry, I'm over it. I watched a bit of Glamorous this weekend, and what a fucking shit show. That's what everyone's saying. They're like, it's a shit show. I love it. Oh, I didn't love it. I couldn't finish it. <laughs> it's so strangely shot. It mm. There are so many lens flares. Oh, <laughs> lens flares, yeah. Like, the camera is never still, and yet it's always, it's never moving. I can't wrap my head or heart around what's going on over there on that show, but I might finish it. But back to Patreon, and maybe we'll cover Glamorous. <laughs> maybe we won't. Uh, maybe. I mean, it, it, it's okay. a lot to take on. Like, I would rather cover the Carrie Diaries. Oh, we're definitely... You say that like we're not 
covering the Carrie Diaries. Oh, we are? Yeah, that's a part of the Sex and the City cinematic. I didn't know we were venturing that far. We're at least I didn't know we were going into into the CW. We're at least going to watch the pilot. Okay, okay. And I'm sure Austin Butler's on it. The actress that plays Carrie. We at least have to get to Austin Butler's appearance as, like, I think he's, like, our big on that show. Yeah, he's, like, the love interest of Carrie Diaries. Yeah. Have you seen the photos of him on Dune? Set photos? I, I don't. I'm not doing It's alarming. I'm not doing Honestly, that. He could be the greatest Dune. actor of our time. I He isn't at all. <laughs> you know what looks really good is the Killers of the Moon or something. That that movie coming out, that's the book. That's Do you book. even know what you're talking about? <laughs> you said Do the I book ever? title wrong. But you know what I'm talking Killers about. Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower. I was close. I said yeah. Killers of the Moon. All 18 hours of it, because Martin Scorsese will not be tamed. And I'm telling you guys, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is giving a performance. So good. Um, well, that's not what I'm hearing out of when people have seen it. It's more about the actress. People have seen it? Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, it did film festivals. <gasps> oh. Oh, oh, oh. So, oh, I'm I mean, sure she's great as well. Yeah, and I hear he's playing sort of second fiddle to her. But which I is got kind of, you know, Leo on the brain with Titanic and Well, Leo's a disaster of a human and a man. What did Yeah. What did he say to J Lo? You mean tonight, Boo Boo, club wise? <laughs> when, when she texted him? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. It's the greatest clip said. of all. You you mean tonight, boo boo? Club wise? Ooh, that was on Walter Heffens Live. Mm-mm. It was in um, that terrible man who rolls around in the cars. James Corden. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, I hate him, but like that clip is so fucking funny. I mean, I watched every of those little videos. What? The, the carpool karaoke? Yes. Before I knew that they were fake, like I loved it. What do you mean? I thought he was really driving. They're on a rig. It's like a full camera crew. Do you think when people in movies are driving, they're actually driving? No, but I thought that's what this was. I thought this was authentic, real, like, he was cruising. I think it is in the sense that, um, like, they are in a car being driven and singing. So the premise is still there. But he's not driving. I don't think so, but I never did. I don't think so either. I also didn't think he just, like, pulled over on the side of the street and found no. Celine Dion there. Like, did you Did you really believe? Or he, no, like, but I, I, didn't, I didn't like this idea of, like, it being a rig, you know? I wanted him four wheels on the ground And maybe driving. people are going to write in and be like, he was driving, you fucking idiots. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. But back to Patreon, we want to thank our iconic shorties, Gina, Carlos, Lauren, Christina, Ainsley, Jenny, Charlotte, Dana, Laura, Jen, Caitlin, Kristen, Lindsay, Casey, Stephanie, and Alexandra. We appreciate you all. We've got another one of our town halls coming up in, I think, two weeks. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's on the 15th? The 20th? (laughs) December. Is it on the 20th? Yeah, we decided on the 20th. It's the 20th, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I will be fresh coming at you all live from my hotel room in San Francisco. Because that's how dedicated I am to you people. I'll be coming fresh from my first Botox appointment. Wow, it's about time. (laughs) Chris, please. Okay, let's get into the episode. Yes. So today we are covering, and just like that, season two, episode... Four? Five? What is this? Four? Four. And it is simply titled in all caps, ALIVE. (laughs) 
And when I saw that, I thought, oh, here we go. Here we oh, go. God. If they've had to put that in all caps, I know I'm in for something. Yeah. So we'll start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie's old boss has her pondering aging. LTW throws an anniversary party that doesn't have it all. Miranda faces the reality of life back home. And Charlotte teaches Harry about his pelvic floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. What did you think of what? this one overall? Loved it. No complaints. Loved every minute. I worry we're back on a downswing. What? Look, we were flying high after episode three, which I have watched no less than 20 times. There was so many moments in this episode where I truly audibly gasped, covered my eyes, peaked through my fingers. I That doesn't mean it's good. I love it. You're describing like a horror movie. You described you described the like me watching Scream. I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, there was certainly a lot to like. I will agree with you there. I think overall, this episode has such pacing issues that make zero sense and that really make you appreciate how structurally sound the original series was in just terms of like pacing the fact that basically carrie's storyline is introduced at the beginning and then is like a 10 minute scene at the end with no connective thread or her even really talking about it it just felt like where's the um the buoyancy of the vibe of Sex and the City. And I felt like that's what we all responded to in episode three was that they had found um, a way to go between the women, bring mm-hmm. them together, get them individually. They were bridged together. This yeah, felt There very... was almost a theme last week that mm-hmm. each woman was at least a um, slight variation on. I can't really say there was a, a overarching one in the right. way that the original series had. But at least was trying to do something like that. This felt mm-hmm. like they wrote maybe four different episodes and were like, fuck it, throw them together. <laughs> you know. But there was stuff I liked. That is true. Yeah. But just structurally, well, I was like, fuck, I was really hoping we'd found our structure. We'd found it again. And now it's yeah. like we lost it. This felt like an episode one of them just like that see, um, episode. And I thought we'd found And Just Like That Season 2's, like, rhythm. And we're just going to leave the first two episodes of And Just Like That Season 2 over there. <laughs> I can't was... I'm never Crazy. talking about those again. I, yeah, you came on the mic and you were like, this is the worst show I've ever seen. We have but to, I love it. We have to stop. And then season, episode three, boom. Episode four. I thought it was really fun. I thought there was moments where I was like, oh, I can't believe we're discussing this. Like, I can't believe this is happening. But we'll right, but it. they felt, I mean, clearly you're talking about the Harry thing. But it felt so like, we're doing, like, ooh, it felt very much, we got to give them what we used to give them. And, okay. And it didn't. Not that this show's ever didn't felt grounded, land with you. But it just didn't sit well with me. Okay. Interesting. Um, but le- so let's uh, start with old Charlotte. Okay. So the cum slut. Oh Lord. We're dropping the kids off at camp. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I love a sleepaway camp. Get them out of here. I think they're gone for four weeks. Mm-hmm. That's you're not, nice. You're not sending your kids away for anything less. I feel like. 
Well, I, I guess, like, in my mind, I've never done, like, a sleepaway camp. Oh, I was never went to camp. We were poor. My camp yeah, was basically like... just my mother ignoring me year-round and me being raised by the television. I went to, like, daycare camp in the summer, but I didn't go to, like, sleepaway camp for months. No, yeah, my camp was, like, get out and don't come back till dinner. Mm-hmm. And that's how everyone was raised in my neighborhood. It was, like, we're fending for ourselves. Yeah. Make the a bowl of cereal and then see it, see it around 8, 9 when the sun goes down. Don't come back in here. <laughs> yeah, when the streetlights come on at 9.30 p.m., yeah. please come home. But don't come back in before then. We don't want to see you. That was right. my camp. So okay. to see these kids all on a bus with, like, backpacks, I was like, how loved are they? Retainers. And, yeah. Yeah. And so Harry and Charlotte are literally giddy like they don't fuck when the kids are home. I feel like it was so strange seeing, like, all the parents, like, rejoice. Like, oh, I love that. Away. Because that's, I feel like, what life is. Like, get them out of Particularly, like, now as a parent. Like, when I'm with my friends who have kids, it isn't like, like I just said with my mom, who was like, see you when I see you. They have to be so engaged with these children 24-7 with this gentle parenting. They can't scream. It's like... No well, wonder that when the kids go away, they are, like, finally a release on the valve. Like, we have escaped this hell of, like, yeah. 100% parenting all the time. What are your thoughts on gentle parenting? Um, I think that it is, I think every, most parenting things are, like, everything in life. They're a reaction to how other generations were raised. And so mm-hmm. I think it's very nice. But I also think, like, you're probably just fucking your kid up in another way. So, right. it's, mm-hmm. like, I don't think it is going to be, like, oh, we found the solution to parenting. This is the way it works. It's just like, yeah, no, these kids will just be raised with other problems. But as someone who grew up having, like, a lot of emotions but no room in my household for them, I think it's very nice, the idea that when kids are screaming, you just are like, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Because they hopefully it creates an emotional maturity, whereas then I got to college and was like, now I can let them all rip. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just tortured everyone for 12, 14 years. (laughs) (laughs) Until I got my cognitive behavioral therapy under control. Love that for you. So Harry and Charlotte head home and they are fucking, I thought it would have been nice to see them like fucking somewhere other than the bedroom. But that's so not them. They're I know, but it, to be, but they can do that with their children at home. I don't think they fucked anywhere but the bed before the kids. I, she blew him in the clo- in the bathroom last season and threw that's Lily into fucking. a door. That's I just think fucking. like if we're going to create this storyline of like we're rushing home to fuck, I want to see them fucking on the floor in that foyer. Totally, or like in the kitchen. Yeah, like let's get out of the bedroom. We can still get to the joke of no of you his dry orgasm. Out of the bedroom, LGW. We I think we've only seen her fucking in the bedroom. In this episode, we saw nothing. She fucked she fucked um in her closet. That was in their bedroom in episode one. No, when she was like doing the editing. And I think he, like, they came just like made her. out. I don't think he fucked her. Like, oh, really? <laughs> what, what am I imagining? T- I mean, it sounds like a great scene, and I love that you saw it, but... Yeah, I love that I saw it, too. Anyway. Um, okay. So then Terry has this dry orgasm. What did you think of coming on tits f- as a birthday present? <laughs> That's what I... we saw. I don't know. I didn't make it up. I didn't write it. I honestly, like, 
when they were discussing, like, oh, it's birthday, like, Hanukkah, like, whatever, I was like, Christmas. what is he about to do? Like, Well, they'd already said, happen? come on my tits. She'd already I, like, said it. I, didn't hear that. Oh. <laughs> so it was, like, a little jarring, like, when all of a sudden it was, like, him, and then it cut to her, like, I was like, Charlotte. What I liked about their sex scene also was that it was the opposite of you're such a fucking bitch, a fucking whore. That it was so like, I love you. You're fucking, you're so sexy. I was like, Jill. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was like, you're so fucking hot, Terry. You're hot. I and was he's like, like, you're fucking hot. You're hot. I was like, wait, I love that they think that they're still so hot. And then Harry, for an elder gentleman, he, I don't think I could get from like a horizontal position to up Chris. on my, to like Chris. that up that quickly. I would have stumbled off the bed, fallen. No, I know. I would have like I would have gotten a Charlie horse. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, but so, yeah, you're right. He was very nimble. Very. He got up there right quick, and he and mm-hmm. he knew how to hold. He had his hand up on the wall. He's done it. this before. I was like, whoa, Harry's a professional. Yeah, he's a professional <laughs> chest um, chest comer or whatever. Yeah, and so nothing comes out, and they're all disturbed sorry um you might hear some church bells at the top of the hour (laughs) sorry listeners i'm in a proper neighborhood um so then we cut to brunch and we've got miranda who we know is back in town carrie and anthony and i will say that this brunch scene was giving fun fun like i saw what they were trying to go for here Mm-hmm. And I was buying it. I was like, I this pre- feels fun. And, and I appreciated that it feels like maybe Charlotte called this brunch to discuss it. So that brings in why Anthony's there and not LTW, because perhaps they're not at the place where they... Well, I don't think those two are ever getting to this place. About come? Yeah, I think that's like two me's in a friendship where it's like, we don't... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If, don't ever talk to me about that. No. And I really thought their concept of Miranda here was quite strange. (laughs) In what way? Like, what do you mean? Well, just like, it seemed like, I mean, she, look, Miranda has changed. She's expanded her sexual language. Her menu is opened up. But she did spend 40, 50 years fucking men. With a man. And she's, or men. Like, for her, she, she's, well, I don't know how old they are in this show. She was eating but let's say ass. she is 55. I can't tell how old they're supposed to be on the show. Yeah. She started having sex at, let's say, 16. So from yeah. 16 to 55, she's been dealing in jizz. She's been swimming in jizz. And uh, she's now like, I know, know about jizz. I don't like it. Never liked mayo. And also, is jizz the word these women would use? And do you think the contractors downstairs are enjoying hearing one half of this conversation? <laughs> I sometimes like that really is the crazy in. part of podcasting is, is if anyone's listening they can only hear me I know they can only hear me just being like jizz jizz I just didn't think do you think jizz is the word these women would use yeah because it feels like an older word oh I was like gonna like the 90s to me it feels like early 2000s like yeah like jizz in my they pants. were like but they feel like I feel like our generation uses that word I, I don't use the word jizz. I would never use, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of that song from SNL, like, Jizz in My Pants. Like, which <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of that word before that song. I, it I just, they kept like... saying, and I was like, it did, 
do the writers think that's the funniest word for it? No, I don't know what the writers think when they come. (laughs) Then I couldn't think of like, well, what did they ever call it on the original? I think Samantha Spunk. I think Spunk. Remember Funky Funky Spunk. Spunk. (laughs) I would have loved if they had just called back to that and been like, whoop, Harry's out of spunk. Mm-hmm. Which could, that's a, that would have been a nice double entendre. Like he's spunkless, you know. He's got no more but spunk I, left in him. But, but I um, he's out of sass. It was so strange, like how Miranda's just like forgetting that that part of her ever like existed. Well, she's maybe like, I'm not, not that, acknowledging she, it, she's and she's like, I never liked like, Mayo. Mayo and okay, I am so sick of this. As a condiment girly, Mayo and jizz are nothing alike no one ever says that except miranda <laughs> i feel like i've heard that before like probably when like... you were watching this episode earlier today because <laughs> i've literally never heard anyone compare those two things I was maybe like, like a dish soap my friend julia had once in her apartment that we were like this looks and it's smells like exactly like semen that's disgusting. even the smell we were like what did you purchase like we were genuinely concerned like her bodega was like up to some stuff <laughs> so disgusting chris i hate that I was like, you need to throw this away. That is not cleaning your dishes, sweets. No, it certainly is not. It's like, why is everything sticky in here? Hmm. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about jizz. Um, so that was crazy. I did like <laughs> Carrie's deliberation. I really enjoyed Sarah Jessica's performance when she's asked about it. And you watch her try to figure out the metaphor. And I felt like we had never seen her... Carrie not have it directly. So when she's saying mm-hmm. jizz is like jizz is like jizz is like an old friend who annoys you. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> and I appreciate it is. Casper the empty cum or whatever she called. I was like, this is crazy what I'm listening to. Then it was crazy, but also like when Miranda called Charlotte a cum slut, I I gasped. Well, can I also say something? Because there's uh, this yeah. huge conversation right now I'm seeing about Charlotte. And they're like, it's so fun that Charlotte was the one who slept with the most men through the series of the show. And that only is true if you believe, if you are taking into account the men we see. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're constantly hearing Samantha say things like, oh, yeah, I had to fuck a guy, but like... To avoid getting a cheeseburger. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, we don't see her all the time. But it was also but like, it's also been implied. It. Like, I think it's crazy right. for us to believe in the content of this show that Samantha got I... less dick than Charlotte York. I mean, I know why I it's fun understand. for people to talk about, but it's not true. Do you know what I mean? I 100% know what you mean, but I, that's what also annoys me about like these some Jizz and watch. <laughs> About some people that watch Sex in the City and they just take it as like face value, like this is what we see is like that's it. It's like yeah. no, like they also imply they also talk about their lives off screen a lot, like stuff that we don't see. Are you okay? I apologize to Sam and the listeners. The dog just came into the room and I thought that the door is closed. So I don't know how he got in here. Has he been in there the whole time? I think so, but it truly is there a doggy door? It, no, it truly, he just popped out and I, I got very startled. Um, so go on with your complaints about Sex and the City listeners, including watchers and the listeners of this podcast. Why do you hate them? Um, I don't hate them. I just, it's frustrating sometimes listening to people's takes on Sex and the City. 
I think that's what a lot tough, of people given that that's what people feel about this podcast, you know. Yeah. But it's like just because like that's what we're seeing, there's also so many other layers of like what's implied, like you said, like what goes on off screen, like they they're talking about their lives outside of what we see. But people yeah, like, I, don't seem to like understand that. I also think like I will say rewatching the show, I have been able to pick up on so much more of that. I think we've totally. discussed like one of my favorites is the Aiden breakup when we come back after the outside of the fountain scene, that next episode that opens. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the many times I watched it, I assumed it was the first the morning after. Mm-hmm. And after spending time with the show and discussing it, I realized like, oh, this could be weeks later. And they've yeah. been trying to negotiate this breakup and how he leaves and he's come over and then she gets him to stay. And sometimes they might sleep together. Or even when she calls big at the end of season four and she says, can I come over? I'm feeling a little restless. It feels like all of a sudden, if you really think about it, they're doing that more often than we would think. Mm-hmm. And this is just the time we get to see it. But you know what, guys? That's why you should listen to Shortcomings because, you know, we shed light on all of these things. I don't know how we got there from Come Slut, but here we are. But here we are. Um, Love Charlotte saying it's like confetti at a parade. It's like the fireworks at the The end of the Fourth of July. Is so crazy. Is there a lot of well? Who doesn't? Oh, (laughs) you know me. No, is there a lot of confetti at parades? Maybe I'm not going to enough parades, but just there's like confetti and like candy and like sprinkles and and just it's being slammed against your chest yeah (laughs) yeah so they go to a doctor and inform that harry has to strengthen his pelvic floor now did you know men had pelvic floors or were you like harry and was shocked to hear that i was like wait what do you mean men can do kegels yeah you got to keep it right and tight but what are you keeping tight your body (laughs) oh it's also for like urinary tract infections you got to be careful over there you know I didn't know this. What is your public floor? What is it? Yeah, like, what is it? I don't really know what it is, but I think it's just like... I love that you were just like, your body! it's the floor of your pelvis. Do you know what your pelvis... I I guess I... I do know what my pelvis is. Yes, so I guess, like, then you know what your pelvic floor is. That's like saying, what's the floor of your house? You know what... (laughs) I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, it's sort of like me and time zones. It's like, I know I understand them, but also, what are they? Well, that's also, we don't have to get into that, but I do love that there are just these questions that, like, people, what like, did, know what, what they the are, but there's no reason. What is it? That I we know of. Don't, still don't know what the internet is. And no one will explain it to us. So, I loved the scene of her training Harry. I did wish this would have been a nice place for a Samantha reference, given that Samantha would be who taught Charlotte about Kegels. Oh, yeah. In that one episode, I'm doing them right now. I feel like the writers of and just like that don't want to do too many Samantha references due to the relationship with Kim. I don't know. I feel like she we she was left and right. Maybe it's because at this point we know she's coming. They don't want to overuse it. But I mm-hmm. felt I just feel like it was the way they employed her last season was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And maybe again they're not doing that because she is joining us. And mm-hmm. the hope was that we weren't going to know so that if we they kept mentioning her 
that surprise that they were hoping for us to feel wouldn't have been as potent. So I think maybe that's what it is. It's like, let's cut this out so that when she pops up in that last episode, it is truly like gasp worthy. I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast, but they're fucking pissed at her. Well, I don't, we, about- I don't, we don't have time to get in that because we, okay. <laughs> like every, I mean, it's also nothing really to talk about. Everyone, you can watch any interview. They don't like her. They're just mad that it got leaked. Um, and I think on her press tour, how cavalier she is about it. Yeah. Like, it's not not great great that they're both on press. They're all had to do press at the exact same time. Well, her show came out the same day. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that's (laughs) just like that. I'm sure that they were like, fuck now. Like, Do you remember last season when Sarah Jessica Parker was like, I don't know why John Corbett said he was coming back. Well, I think she was just like. season one. Yeah. And it, it turns so out he was just lying. Yeah, she's like, I don't know where he's that just, came from. He's crazy. Now, <laughs> now he's back. So That's we're at, we head to the anniversary party and we meet Mark Cassavan, who is played by an actor I love, whose name is not on the top of my head right now, but who, of course, was an alias and Titanic. Um, he's everything mm. to me. I did wish the character was gay because that actor is. He was also in Legally Blonde. Yes, and he's not gay there either. In fact, he's quite a Lothario. Mm-hmm. Skeezeball. His name is Victor Garber, my king. Victor Garber. Um, And he offers Charlotte a job, which she quickly turns down. The problem I had with that is, is he references something Charlotte discovered or someone. But hmm. why not make it something, again, that we saw in the original show? I really loved your work with, um, who was that lesbian? Or like one of those that guy that made them all that made them all men. Yeah, or or yeah. I always want to call her Sonia Braga because that's her name in real life. And why her real Maria. life Maria? But some reason Sonia Braga is in my head. Not Sonia Braga is in your head, but Maria seems. I'm to like, not what be is sticking. her name? Um, or even the guy who Charlotte let paint her pussy. Like, let's we have a history of Charlotte's work from the show. Reference right. that. Instead yeah. of creating this new thing we never saw. But I appreciated this sort of final beat, and I like that it's opening us up to Charlotte returning to work, and I'm really excited to see her interaction with younger people, particularly because I believe it includes Tony Award winner Bonnie Milligan, who I love. Love when you just touched down on a Tony Award reference. You know, Victor Garber Broadway. was in the original scene. A Broadway baby. I do love him. Let's chat about LTW briefly. <clears throat> Okay. So they're out for drinks, looking beautiful, stunning. Oh my god. And he decides that he's not going to run for city comptroller because everything in their life is too busy, as is they're working too hard. Um, And he was like, baby, it wouldn't be fair to you. And I was like, what a king. We get the reference to the invitations. But mostly what I really appreciate about them that you see in that scene and also in the scene where they're watching Charlotte and Harry leave is that they are so connected to, like, who they are in their work and that it's totally okay. That the show Mm -hmm. isn't playing, like, this miscommunication, like, let's get two more double espresso martinis and then go home. And one of them says work and the other says fuck. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. they are, like, settled into this idea that they got together and are truly trying to become aspirational. Now, what makes no sense to me is how these two got married, given their parents 
because it looks like Lawrence and Eunice would have run them ragged 20 years that ago. That wedding planning process was probably a fucking nightmare. And I don't know why we're not flashing back to it, because I would have loved to have seen it. I would love a prequel. Talk Harry Diaries. I need the LTW files. Yeah. <laughs> Let's open that file and just get to what's what. Yeah, it's so true. Like, those parents. No, did you, do you know who played Lawrence Wexley? He looked familiar, but I didn't. I love the fact that his name is Lawrence Todd and that he effectively named his daughter after him, which mm-hmm. is such a, like, flex. Lawrence mm-hmm. Todd Wexley. That is um, Billy D. Williams. Oh, my God. Famous Star Wars. Um, that wonderful movie with uh, Diana Ross that is is not popping off my head, but he's so hot in it. Um, Mahogany. And... Um, I want to say he was in, like, Cult 45 commercials in the 80s. Like, he was, like, the face of Cult 45. Billy D, a black yeah. king. And, and and frankly, who would be playing Herbert if this show if this show was filmed in the 80s? They would be like, we, I was we just have to, to get Billy D. A hundred percent. And it's always fun to see Eunice. I, I love that she's joining oh. us throughout the series. She's out of her goddamn mind. The bunny... Of, and just like Honestly, that. Honestly, I'm like bunny who. But she's better. <laughs> because she's more beautiful and truly on her neck. Mm-hmm. And just, and I think like bunny was, I mean, bunny was like not kind to Charlotte. But mm-hmm. really the problem with bunny was is that she just loved Trey too much and mm-hmm. had no boundaries. Right. Yeah. Eunice hates her. Eunice literally... It's like, this party looks like, like shit. There's no yeah. hors d'oeuvres here. I've been here she's for like, 30 you're minutes. you're working too much. I made cakes, yeah. you dumb fuck. Like, she's like, she's sitting from across the table because there's too much AC. Oh, my God. It, it's, I love this world. Love. I love this. I, I like, want to spend more time in it. Now, as someone who, you know, loves a, to plan a party, loves a party... It is mm-hmm. batshit insane that he doesn't that they reserved a table with no idea of who was coming. Like, how did they get to a reservation for thirty one if right. he did not collect RSVPs? Yeah, like, did they just assume that everybody was just coming? I guess they're like, we're the fucking Wexleys. We send invitations and a hundred percent return rate. I would go. I did go, and I had a great time at that party. <laughs> um. So, and also the restaurant wouldn't keep bringing, like, just because they have prepared all this food, they'd still make you pay for it. It's not like they Also, what force... restaurant were they at? It looked stunning. An imaginary one? It was probably a set. You know, and just like that, okay. it's, they don't give a fuck. That well, was you like know Carrie, how, like, at the old, in the original show, they were, like, apartment. Yeah. Well, reconfigured. Well, in the original show, they, they used, like, real restaurant names. So I was curious if they, I didn't hear a name. I didn't hear a name. I think we were just like, all right, stretch. Strike uh, the Brooklyn apartment and turn it into a dinner. Mm-hmm. It's too many sets. Just too many sets. Not enough New York streets. I really loved the interplay between Eunice and Lawrence and the idea that Lawrence would be dissatisfied because Herbert is too focused on, like, career and money and not, like, art. Like, Lisa's an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the parents are it's just such like a different they come at it from such a different world like it would have been like mindset and it also would have been so great and it makes you sort of upset that you never got to see 
Charlotte's family and that dynamic and how they might come to her rescue. Like, even if it was Wesley had come back and mm-hmm. found Trey to be sort of like a drip. Yeah, I would like, have loved that, that. We would have seen someone come to her defense. Mm-hmm. And I like that at least there's this sort of weighted nature that you've we've been living in this knowledge of Eunice hating LTW, but poor Herbert's getting it too. Mm-hmm. I like that the world seems bigger, but I do think that obviously makes the writing a lot harder and like the common thread and the theme. It just makes it all more. But I appreciated that we. I, I, I felt watching it. I was like, wow, we're really spending more time with LTW than Carrie this episode. I'm fine with it. I was fine with it. And ultimately, I really appreciate how this story ends, which is that the two of them remain this unit. And she comes to his defense and ultimately says that Herbert is going to run for city comptroller, which everyone is very um, excited about. I Mm -hmm. did for a second hope that this was going to bring us Bill Kelly because, of course, he was running for city comptroller. I thought the same thing. I I don't know if he's still in office and that's who's running for that seat, you know? I'd love if Bill is still sitting. I don't. Like, if what we have to do is have him had been stuck in that office for 30 years, just so we get, like, a scene of, like, him debating with... And I don't know if city comptrollers debate. I feel like we saw him... Do you know what a comptroller is, Sam? Not a clue. (laughs) Because I saw you almost say something, like a flash (laughs) in your eye. And I was like, I don't think she knows what a comptroller is. What is it? I... They, like, run the budget of the city. And, like, if you are... Are you... No, well, you're not a city employee, are you? Of Detroit, no. right? I am, I am I am a city employee of Baltimore. So that's who, like, literally signs my check. Oh. So Bill Kelly would have signed your checks? If I was an employee of the New York... Well, he wouldn't have personally signed them. There would have been a stamp with his oh. signature. <laughs> let me not... Ab- let me disabuse you of the notion that city comptrollers sign checks all day. Yeah, they're just, like... But they're really um, intensely tied to the budgeting and sort of staffing process of the city. Okay, okay. And we love a comptroller, and I'd love for Herbert to get there. I do think it's funny that he was introduced last season as run potentially running for mayor, and now mm-hmm. we've slid down to comptroller. Not mm-hmm. even councilman. He's got to he's got to start somewhere. That's what Bill Kelly had to do. Yeah, maybe Bill Kelly in the world of it just like that. Maybe he's the mayor. president. I think I we've seen through some bags that Trump was president. I know. I remember. And uh, allow me something to say before we get into fashion later. <laughs> Do older people have more bags and more things to carry around? Like, why are they all carrying totes? Chris, I've asked this in season when, one. When Carrie and Miranda arrived to Che's new apartment, they both have tote bags. Well, I think they brought things. Carrie had the alcohol, but she's uh-huh. holding it. It's not in the tote bag she's carrying. Oh. Hmm. And Miranda's got a tote bag, I which I think it's a New York can... thing. I think New Yorkers have a lot of totes. My friend Dave has like a drawer full of tote bags. And maybe it's because everyone's you, got a tote. Maybe it's like you're leaving and you don't know when you're coming back. You just got to yeah, be so able to collect stuff. Yeah, you just got everything. Stuff. Yeah. It sounds like a nightmare. But why yeah, did no, we never see you. no totes in season in the first run? I don't remember. Nobody with no tote. Nobody We're going to get them. one million pictures of Carrie Bradshaw in the original series with tote bags. <laughs> I really don't think they had any tote bags. It would be like, oh, she wore a tote every single episode. And you Were guys there are tote bags around? If you are going to try to say that tote bags only started existing in like 2008, stop it. 
tote bags existed. What are you talking about? I don't know. I feel like we started recording so early. It was like 20 minutes earlier than we usually do. <laughs> All right, let's get into old Rambo, Miranda. Or is oh. she's really down bad? And I feel like we need a new name for when she's in this state because she wasn't no Rambo. She wasn't no she's Miranda. She's not Rambo. She wasn't Hobbs and Shaw. She was. I'm going to call her MH. Bambi. <laughs> MH, like that imaginary <laughs> tattoo we saw last week. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with her. So we start the episode mm. and she's sleeping on the couch and we hear a noise that I did have to say. I thought, oh my God. I oh know. my God. If we are about to cut to Brady fucking again, I am I was... going to kill myself. I will <laughs> literally, I will literally jump out a window. Same. I was like, if that child is fucking like that, I need him arrested. But then it was something more disgusting. Oh. Miranda walks upstairs and we see B-Boy himself, Steve Brady, shirtless, and boxing, hitting a little boxing ball or whatever. What's it called? <laughs> Isn't it a boxing ball? What's that thing called? Boxing ball? He was like, It's not a boxing ball. What is it called? I it's don't know. It's not a punching bag. <laughs> That's the bigger one. It's, um, um. So maybe it's also, maybe it's a punching ball. Punching ball. So it's probably it, a punching ball. And I just thought, okay, the sound, the, the you sound. You didn't look at his little body and think. I, no, I was Whoa. disgusted. Really? He was making so much noise. It to me it was it even cut to worse. It and I was so into it. I was oh, like, it, it made me <laughs> physically ill. It was even worse than the basketball. He was looking fine as hell, Chris. No. I Yeah. Guys, my hatred of him is back. Put your fucking shirt on. When did it ever leave? Um when we saw him rip that hat off in the trailer. <laughs> that for that Oh, like that five brief seconds, second? Okay. That millisecond of a moment. And I think I've liked him in season six as we're watching it. Like, I can get that I think that the Steve You came people, around to him. But I think that the Steve people love is Steve from season six. They're remembering Miranda's, like, deep fondness and longing for him. And how sort of like, oh, yeah, I'll stay and watch the game. Not the basketball on the wall, the shit in his pants. <laughs> I can't They're remembering even, the lilacs. Exactly. They're not mm. remembering the yellow suit, the mustard yellow suit, his insecurity the, around money. His broke how, ass. How he left her how he left her um stranded before her firm party. How mm. he fucked that woman while he was staying on her couch and had gave the woman Miranda's number. They're not remembering that this man no. is a literal monster. Mm-hmm. I forgot all that in that brief second that we saw his little body. I just that tight, muscular, sweaty body, and also well, you he know just what? had like all this that look work, in his eye. All that work he's doing, you know what? It's not helping his fingering or his dick working. Maybe not with Miranda. I hope he's. That hope is he's not fucking. what you should be exercising, buddy. I hope he's fucking. Let's get these going. I hope he's fucking. Let me wash my hands before I finger you, sir. We were in a pandemic. He was being thoughtful. He is the fucking... He was also like... He's a sexless monster. Like, okay. Where are my but... chia seeds at? Chia seeds are bullshit. <laughs> I hate this fucking dude. I hate him so much. I know. Do you hate him or do you also hate Miranda right now? No, Miranda, I'm not enjoying. But yeah. I think what she's doing is compelling. I just think Steve would be, like, my least favorite person to go on vacation with or live with. Why is he making so much noise so early in the morning? Because he's fucking pissed, Chris. Then get the fuck he's out. Get so... the fuck out. 
Get the fuck out. Have some decency and some self-respect and get the fuck out of the house that Miranda paid for. Go sleep in a cot in the back of your shit bar. (laughs) That Miller Lite selling establishment. Not Miller Lite catching strays on this pod. Miller Lite is so disgusting. I was just, it really did take me back though. Like when they cut to him shirtless, I was like, oh my God. I have written here simply, Steve is a sicko. They have a backyard. Like if you don't make all that noise, go outside. He can't because the neighbors. He doesn't give a fuck about Miranda right now. He's pissed and he wants to wake her the fuck up and he wants to annoy her. His devastated son, who is on several rounds of SSRIs, is trying to rest. (laughs) Well, also, Brady was in these, like, headphones. They are sound, um... He was wearing, wearing, like, the AirPods that I have, and they are... You ain't gonna hear much. Yeah, he's like, yeah, mom. Although, to be... fucking hear you. He probably doesn't know how to turn Can everyone, like, stop yelling at Miranda, please? Steve's like, good morning. (laughs) So sick of him. Miranda's, like, down bad. Oh, it is, I guess, a nice parallel that Steve lived on her couch. Now Miranda's on the couch. And we're going to talk about couches later and some metaphors. Um, so then we go to therapy. And I have to say, <laughs> the depiction of therapy no, no, on no. television Can I stop you is so wild. Can yeah. I stop you? The one thing about Steve Brady coming oh, back God. that I'm thrilled about is your impersonation of Steve Brady. Can you say good morning again? Good morning. (laughs) Because he tried to be like gruff and angry, but then he sounds just, he sounds like He sounds like a Sesame Street character. He sounds like hungover (laughs) Elmo. Like, shut the fuck up. He sounds insane. Oh my God, that was so funny. So then we go over Therapy Way, and I have to say, like, therapists and therapists depicted on television is so crazy to me. As someone who's been in, like, all types of therapy, now, albeit I've never been to group therapy, um, like, okay. I've never done therapy with another person, let alone, like, a fami- in a familial setting. Yeah. But I don't think the therapist is just, like, hearing, like, okay, Brady's sort of upset, and she's like, you guys gotta move out and find something a little more permanent. It's like, she'd heard two sentences. Well, also, if they're, it's been, what, three weeks, he said? Yes, it's been three weeks since he got home. So that's probably three sessions. I'm going to say two. I don't think you're finding a therapist and getting an appointment the same week. It might be. I think it could, we are at session one. We're, we, this is, I think it's, we're at session two. Okay. Well, he's over Louisa. He doesn't give a single fuck. And he's just like, let's talk about the elephant in the room, guys. I What's did appreciate Brady. Mom, you're with, you're with Che. Well, no, and Dad, no, you're beating well, the shit out of a, ba- a boxing ball. Well, we should be very clear. That I don't know that Brady is aware of Che because Che does not enter that conversation. No, at no point do they mention Che during therapy, and I thought that was actually very intentional. Wow! So what he says is, "But Dad, you are beating this bass, this punching ball, or whatever." And Mom, you are you've resigned yourself to sleeping on the couch. That there is never a mention of Che. Of Che. No. Okay. So I don't, we don't know textually that Brady doesn't know, but it's certainly not something that has entered the conversation. And I think he might not know because Steve continually says, we have made the decision to keep this between us. Right. So I think Brady is pretty much in the dark. Yeah, he he doesn't know that his mom's getting. And you have to think he also was, I don't know that he's even aware Miranda was in California. 
Hmm, I don't like all that. So, well, I think kids need to stay in their place and stay out of their parents' business, which is Brady was driving me crazy during the scene. But I did appreciate when he was like, I am highly medicated. And Miranda was like, no, you're not. And he's like, well, then pour some more in me, baby. <laughs> he's like, can I be, though? Yeah, like, let's get something going. Up this dosage. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and then Brady says that he wants to leave college. Miranda goes silent. And thankfully, the scenes end because I was, I could not look at one more second of Steve in that disgusting blue flannel and gray t-shirt straight out of Target home. It was giving Massimo. What's going on with him? He's like, I'll move. I'll find a place closer to Scout. That's my bar. It's like, sir, first of all, we all know that Scout's your bar. Like, what are we doing? The therapist this? doesn't know. But what are we do? But who are we doing this for? Like, no, if you're watching and just like that at this point, you know Scout's you the name know of his Scout. bar. We don't need yeah. to do no exposition through the character of Steve. No, but I, you know, I was like, okay, so Scout's still open. That's great. Um, we already knew that. But I love that in your mind, you are so determined for <laughs> Scout to be closed. I, I am. Like, I keep bringing it up. I'm like... Scout's closed. It's dead. I'm like, it isn't. We've heard about it multiple times. (laughs) You're like, I think a a scene was shot there. I think I've been there since COVID. It was quite fun. Yeah, such a clown. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm just like, Miranda just isn't Mirandaing. She's not even being a Rambo. No, and I think that's the point, right? She says, I have nothing to say. We cut to Carrie and her in the elevator, and she's saying, I have so much to say. And so, like, why isn't she saying it? Because the old Miranda would would have said it. So, okay, since you've asked this question, I'll talk about sort of the rest of it in its totality. Please. Miranda is on the couch. She is a nexus. She is not in any way wanting to be in any sort of reality because she knows that the reality will not work out for her. Like, I think it is so potent, the fact that in that, that we see her open on the couch... And then that during that wild threesome moment, she decides to exit the room. She goes to the couch and it's Che who comes out and says like, oh, I'll sit with you. They are not in the bedroom. They're not in any sort of reality. The couch is our new LA of like, she is just not wanting reality to set in. She knows that the reality is that Che, this Che thing is not really going to work. But as long as she can continue to be light and sexy and try things even though her body is physically telling her she can't do it much like Mm. when those salt water got in her eye and she had to get out of like best life ever was over Mm -hmm. that's the charlie horse wow that was beautifully profound like she is stuck on the couch you're literally the smartest person i've ever met i just feel devastated for miranda she's devastated she's like she and i think it's the same thing of like do I fight with Brady about him not wanting to go to college? Well, maybe not. Like, will I win? Like, and I said like a million times on this podcast, so I apologize. Do you, having watched Grey's Anatomy, there is a one of my favorite Izzy moments is between her and Addison, and Addison says something like, "What happened to you, Stevens? You used to be such a fighter." And this is post Denny, mm-hmm. and Izzy looks at her and goes, "I've lost a lot of fights." And I think that that is where Miranda is. Like, she is just like, I don't know that I have that fight in me. I want to just live in this fantasy. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. getting older. 
I don't know that I can scrappily put something together. I've blown up my marriage. Mm-hmm. I quit I'm, my job. I qu- I'm no longer a corporate lawyer. I've quit. Is she even in school? Did she get that degree that she was I, supposed to get? Well, she was supposed to do something, but she decided to go to L.A. Yeah, so she was supposed to have an internship, so maybe she goes back yeah. to school soon, and we see her finish that. But she is a woman afloat, mm-hmm. and the only way sort of to get out of that is to fight your way out of it. But I think she's like, I'm tired. And so I mm-hmm. the best way for me to succeed is to turn off the side of me that is a fighter. And that is how I felt in this episode. She is on that couch walking. The old Miranda would have literally walked over to Steve, grabbed that ball off of the ceiling and pummeled him with it. She she would have choked the the life out of Brady until he got to the therapy. Mm -hmm. She would have, she literally would have cussed Che out. And she would have, if she'd opened the door and seen Lyle. Okay. Let's play the scene out in old sex in the city. Okay. Miranda is going to Steve's apartment for some reason. She okay. opens the door and Debbie's there. Do you think Miranda would just say, Debbie, so nice to see you. She would have literally pushed Debbie out of the way, run over to Steve, bitched him the fuck out to such a level that then she had to call and apologize because she was so inappropriate. Yes. But then I remember that episode where she made Debbie's cupcakes. Well, I think that was Miranda on the couch, too. Miranda was on the couch. Yeah, when she's down bad for Steve. Remember, she spends a lot of time on that couch with old TiVo. You're so right. Miranda's on the couch right now, and the couch is not a good place for Miranda. The couch is not where Miranda And I would be say it's not a good place for anyone, and I say that as someone who's firmly on the couch right now. Emotionally, spiritually. (laughs) I'm always on the couch. Sexually, financially. Mm-hmm. I'm on the couch. You know? I just had really crazy deja vu. I hate when that happens. Of you on the couch? No, like, you know that feeling you get when you're like... I don't think I've ever experienced deja vu. So, no, oh I, God, I only say... so lucky. I only say I that to it. know, like, I've never... I don't know. I can't I always get, like, feeling. a sinking feeling. It's just like... Ugh, that, ugh. I feel anyway. like that's anxiety. Mm, <laughs> that could be. <laughs> that, at least I would describe my sinking feeling as anxiety. Um... Wow, Miranda's on the couch. She's on the couch. What did you think about the reappearance of Lyle? He's Are you so attracted to hot. <laughs> He's so hot. Father it God makes in me heaven. sick. Like, he's disgusting. He is so disgusting, but he's so hot. He's like, not even dirty hot. He probably smells like seaweed and like hot and dogs. Semen. Oh. He's got dried semen all over him. He's never wiped. He was like, he's so like sexually open. He was like, I've had strap. Someone strapped me up. I'm like, Larissa or Larsa, whatever their ex girlfriend's name was. Yeah, it was like, what's going on? I felt so. I felt like Carrie. I was like, why the fuck am I in this bedroom? Yeah, she was like, why am I still here? And also, Also, like, I loved the fact that they were on the bed because have you? So I'm like a bed person and. I famously had many friends at my old house who had keys because I lived on the top floor of a very large home. I basically was just like, if you are coming to visit me, just let yourself in and come up. I don't, I can't keep going up and down. Right. And so the amount of times friends would arrive to see me and I would be in bed and just like scoot over and be like, come on in. I'm a big bad gal. And love and that. I love to just, you know, have friends in bed and get in my friends' beds and just like, I think it's a very intimate, safe space. Do you space. eat in bed? Have we discussed this? Oh, I take a lot of meals up. In bed. I was going to say, I do. Now, I'm very uh, 
I, I, nothing sticky can enter the bedroom. No, no, no. Like, I'm not eating, like, Famously, you know, of course, Carrie Bradshaw cocktail. eats, like, oranges in bed. And I was like, that is disgusting. Because it's sticky. Yeah. It probably smells good. Also, yeah, maybe I'll throw a little citrus down today. Just a little <laughs> squeeze, a little lemon, every which way. Um, but I have had people come over that, like, don't know me that well. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, sit on bed, sit on my bed. And they've been like, this is very strange. Like there is intimate. But because essentially like your bed is an intimate or sexual space. And mm-hmm. so what you don't do, like you really have to counteract if you have basically a stranger sitting on your bed. You gotta have no sexual conversation. None. I'm not talking about strap-ons and like the last and time s- we fucked, I was Yeah. Like that's we're not doing all that. You know, and then Miranda was like yeah, my strap on, and I was like, and but Carrie you, was like, "What is happening right now?" But if you now? go back and Carrie watch Cynthia Nixon play like, it, she does it so well because you could tell she doesn't really love that conversation. She kind of looks at Carrie like, "I'm gonna try to play along here," but she's trying. She's she's a couch. She's on the couch. I know, but imagine also being on the couch and trying to play along, but your best friend is watching you. Like, bitch, this is not you. <sighs> well, especially like. Because Carrie's really seen it all with Miranda, you know. Yeah, she's gotten her off the couch a few times. All right, Sam is making a face. Because, again, this is not a visual medium. Would you like to report whatever you just read? I just saw a TMZ notification. No, go on. Britney Spears. Oh, Lord. Uh, well, yeah, actually, before, like, I re- before, I, before I reply and say something rude. Britney Spears slapped in face by NBA star Victor... I'm going to butcher the last name, so I'm not going to say it. Security. Why was she slapped? Well, we'll figure that out later. Let's stay on Miranda. Sorry, it was just a little jarring. Uh, and I think Britney Spears slapped. I, I was like, excuse Brittany me? Is, I, will, I thought you were going to say slapped with, like, lawsuit from Sons or something. No, Chris, that's coming. That's for behind the paywall. Oh, well, let's be honest. I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts on Britney. That will shock. What did you think of the threesome? Oh my God. It was probably, I'm going to say something that might be shocking. It was maybe the most realistic portrayal of a threesome I had ever seen. What? Yeah. Have you ever had I've a never threesome? been in a threesome. No. <laughs> but this is how I imagine I would handle a threesome. Oh, okay. Yes, how you like, would handle Like, I felt it. very seen. Okay. Like, Miranda being like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, let's talk about it before. And they're like... Having Oliver Hudson hold Che's chest and like their little, his little face was like peeking behind Che's shoulder, like a little parrot. (laughs) It was so funny. And they were like, and Che's just like, you're kind of ruining the moment. And then they like were trying to get into it. And then Miranda was like, trying to grab his ass. (gasps) It was the most shocking. Because it's, like, not that that isn't, like, a center of pleasure for men, but it's not, like, where I would go. No, but I, you know who probably liked that, Steve? He probably liked his ass grabbed. That was probably muscle memory. But it was just sort of strange that she grabbed it in the most awkward manner. Well, because she's Because we're going at at vaginas. We're going at tits. Like, I'd grab his, like, hair before I'd be, like... She just basically placed her... It reminds me of in Gilmore Girls when um, Lane touches that guy's hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's just, like, Miranda was just sort of like, I I guess I'll be drawn to your ass. Yeah. 
Well, He's in a full jean. It's not even full, an erogenous there is zone like yet. Full jeans. And like, it Everyone was, was also too to clothed for bedtime for me. That's what I was going to say. Like, him being under the bed in, in your outside clothes is not okay. I would have woken him up for that purely that reason. I don't get into bed with outside clothes on. Well, he, they, well, I that's what happens when you, that's around what, my bed. But that's what happens when you're a bed person and you're inviting people over to bed. And again, I do want to point out a lot of the times when people would come over and I was invited to my bed, I was in pajamas. Yeah, you're not and in they were in clothes. And they were in their outside clothes because they thought we were like getting ready to go somewhere. And they arrived and, you're and like, I You're like, no, no, no. I mean, I will get Snuggle ready, up. but probably in an hour and a half. So just get yeah. on in, girl. So it just felt like it was so funny watching Miranda, like, trying to figure out how to kiss them. And then Che was getting, like, really into it. And it was like, then she got Charlie Horse. It just... I, I okay. felt so seen. I, it felt very realistic to me in the sense that I bet that that is literally the only way I probably could ever have a threesome. Is if someone just, like, woke up or managed to, like, magically be in the bedroom. And then I would feel too uncomfortable to say say anything. So I'd be like, well, I guess... This is where I find myself. I guess I'm going to grab your ass now. And then I would be like, well, here we go. We're having a threesome. Like, it's not something I would ever seek out. Yeah. It would have to be that specific situation. I also think it would be incredibly disrespectful to have sex next to someone, even if they did pass out in your bed. Yeah, but, you know, Che, um, They're wild. I mean, the way, the way they were making out in front of Carrie and Lyle, I was also like, you guys are sickos. Yeah. And then you're going in a New York City apartment that's... Not even COVID distance safe from where they're standing and are like making out and like moaning. Mm -hmm. They're not in a separate wing. They're like me and the list uh, and the contractors downstairs. They're all just so horny. It's sick. Everyone needs to slow it up. <laughs> um. So then you know Che joins them on the couch and there's no reality in this relationship. They're living in a fantasy. Mm -hmm. Is the overall uh, meeting of all of this? Let's get into Carrie. Oh, okay. I want to note that the first thing I have written here simply is, what the fuck is going on? What am I watching? And that is because the opening scene of this episode is Carrie having breakfast with Jackie and just shit jokes. Shit and farts. Him saying they he put in a fart bubble noise. guts oh my God. because he ate hollandaise before noon. Honestly, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> I did. I was like, I'll Whoa. never forget. Like, I heard, so my cousin's ex-husband is a chef and he said he was like that is the most disgusting thing you can order is hollandaise like the things that like go in it and the way it like sits he's like you just don't steer clear well hollandaise is delicious and in many things listen it's delicious um but he said like on eggs benedict like it can be kind of gross I'm, the way it's, like, prepared and I'm the way it, like, sits in the vat. Well, that is just, like, how you make it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Listen, that's just what his, he said. I'm just I'm reporting. questioning his culinary skills if he's... Yeah, he does. He's <laughs> like, more like a chef. He's yeah, more like a cook. Yeah, I'm going to say, sir, maybe let's go to Le Cordon Bleu before you try to take on one of the major anyway. sauces in the world. Anyway, anyway, nope. anyway. Who doesn't love poached asparagus covered in holiday sauce? It's one of my favorite meals. So that made me truly sick. And I usually love Jackie, but I didn't need, like, just the scatological. And 
I don't like need Jackie, period. Oh, I see. I don't know. There's something about their friendship that I think is so wild. He's the strangest character who's ever joined us. And I love that he always calls her Carrie Bradshaw. He's the only <clears throat> person I think in the history of the show who's always like, wow, you're Carrie Bradshaw. Wow, oof, Carrie Bradshaw. That's my girl. Yeah. Like, I, I think their friendship is fun, but, like, I don't know, starting the episode with that. I, I, like... I don't know that I can take Jackie plus I've got the Poop. shits. Yeah. <laughs> plus I have bubble guts and I have to run to the bathroom. <laughs> Through this nice Ugh. restaurant with that had beautiful florals. Then it like, this cut is disgusting. to Enid. And I'm going to say something unkind. Oh, my God. And what? something that breaks my rule which is that I don't necessarily love when we veer to Bravo here. I oh, think boy. Enid was giving me major Shannon Bedore vibes as she tried to get out of there. Just that creaky body. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know how Shannon moves and it's just like yes. so slow and awkward, like um, the Tin Man before he's been oiled. Mm-hmm. And that was Enid. It was. She was squeaking and creaking through that restaurant. And then we're getting texts from a dusty elder. And I truly just kept thinking, what am I watching? No, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. At first I thought the text had something to do with Enid. (laughs) I thought the picture was Enid. I was like, no, it looked like a man. And (laughs) she seems to be hiding from her. So I don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So then Enid joins us. We find out she's been fired from Vogue. And she started a newsletter, which they claim is as popular as Goop. And here, again, is my overarching problem with this storyline. I appreciate the idea that Enid is um, super successful in her post-sort of Endeavor life. That this Mm -hmm. Ask Enid newsletter is doing well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the old show would have told the reality of the sad fact that we throw women away as they get older. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know that, like, a bunch of people are buying what a 75-year-old woman is, like, telling them to from a newsletter online. But maybe, like... like now that just, like, is, that knows that. That and is trying what the to, world like... I want us to be in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think creating this idealized world where that is happening, and she's also starting a new business with Gloria Steinem. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> guys, come yeah, on. And this is a bridge too far. And there's something about Enid to me that, like, never screamed. I don't know why. I don't even know how to articulate this, but I'll say it. It She never came off, like, really successful energy to me. She was always, like, a little chaotic, a little manic, a little, like, I just, so to imagine her being, like, this big success and, like, I don't know. I just I don't, don't know. feel it. I might disagree there only I because... I don't find her magnetic. I, I would not say she's magnetic. Candy right. Bergen is magnetic, but Enid is not. Enid is not. I would say that my problem with the conception of Enid in this show is, is that Enid, to me, is no-nonsense and straightforward, but I wouldn't say she's outwardly rude. Like, I do think that there is something to be said for when she sees her and says, I feel so bad, I felt so bad that I didn't send a condolence note. And then I didn't. And then I kept not sending it. And now I feel uncomfortable seeing you. That, mm-hmm. to me, felt true. Mm-hmm. The idea that Enid doesn't... So ultimately, let's just cut to it. The story ultimately ends with Enid basically saying, well, no, I don't want you to write. I want $100,000 from you. Enid is a successful, smart person, 
Constantly saying to someone who's 20 years younger than you, women our age, before you ask them for a ton of money, actually shows a level of um, idiocy, not, mm-hmm. not successful business acumen. Yeah. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. No, say it. No, I don't want to no, get canceled. No, go on. Go on. No. What is it? Nothing. Chat it to me. Okay. So, I we should also note that Seema is basically, throughout this episode, serving as a... No. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping that to myself. Yeah, let's, I wish I hadn't seen it, honestly. My eyes have bugged out of my head. <laughs> um, Seema is basically acting as an accessory in the story, and we also don't get any mm-hmm. Dr. Nia Wallace, which has really bummed me out. Um, they also keep referring to Carrie as she's going to Enid's startup. And that is not the right language. Like, I gotta go to this startup. I'm like, this fucking like, that's show. That's not like a thing people say. Like, like no one's just, like, I'm don't... gonna go to that startup. <laughs> like, like sure. that's not a thing. Do they mean s- pop up? They're gonna go to, we're gonna hear from people like, uh, I go to startups all the time. Yeah. This is a picture of me at a startup. And then old Biddy's there. Bitsy. Bitsy Von Muffling. And it's like, guys, there were other characters from the original show. We're hanging our hat a little too much on Bitsy. Oh, my God. And I and loved she, her like, last appearance. Is the only one that would come back? I thought, like, I felt actually her last appearance was such a beautiful way for us to never see Bitsy again. And just send yeah. her off into the sunset. Yeah. I thought that was great. I thought, oh, we got our one and done Bitsy moment. Yeah. And so ultimately we find out that it was Bitsy who connected Carrie to Marlon Schaefer and she sends her a dick pic. Of, and it was the least flattering dick pic I've ever seen. It looked like a Google image. No, it looked like someone taken at a doctor's office. <laughs> it well, was so upsetting. It wasn't so It wasn't erect. Mm-mm. It was just... It looked like a... It was so a, close. It looked like an elephant trunk. It honestly looked to me like a photo you see in, like, um, an anatomy book. Like, I was like, this is the least arousing dick I've ever seen. Yeah, it was upsetting, you know. It really was. And so then <laughs> we go, ah, talk about, you know, just shift. We go from dick pics to Gloria Steinem coming out of the bathroom. And this woman screaming at Carrie. And then Carrie having to do prop, like, physical comedy to get around her. And I felt like Gloria Steinem is in the moonlight of her life. Let's not show her. Let's not have her here. You know, yeah, she's done and a lot also for us. Just, why is she? Why'd she say yes to this? She's got to be really friends with like Candace Bergen. She's friends with, I think, Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't. What are you? Are you basing that off of anything or just I'm like an energetic of feeling you're getting from Watch the what universe? Happens live appearance <laughs> where she told Andy Cohen that she hates the Real Housewives because she thinks that it's bad for women. And what to, from that leads you to think she likes Sarah Jessica Parker? I don't know. Part of me just feels like they would be friends. Just energetically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how they got Gloria Steinem, but maybe she's down bad for money and they threw a few chuckles at her and she said, sure. She was hanging out with Meghan Markle. Oh, God. That's embarrassing for everyone involved, mm-hmm. including me. Well, actually, I feel I've always been on the right side of history with Meghan. You have. Let's talk about it on the Patreon. Um. So... <laughs> I, I, I cannot get the fuck over that. So now, guys, I want to be very clear. Okay. In our last five minutes, mm-hmm. Gloria Steinem and Tony Danza have joined us as themselves in f- in the first four episodes of And Just Like That. 
what am I watching? It makes me wonder, like, who else are we getting next? Is Oprah gonna just, like, bounce on through? <laughs> like, I, Oprah, and then, like... You know who would absolutely... would be Gail would, Gail would be on this show in a fucking Bennett. Oh, my God. I would love that. I would... You know what I want? I want Hoda. Carrie promoting her book with... Hoda and Hoda. Jenna. Hoda and Jenna. <laughs> so it's a fucking... You know, stupid. I've really grown to like Jenna Bush. Love Jenna Bush. I love her. And I don't think she's a Republican, but we can talk about that another time. I think she yeah, just... I don't due, think she's either. Due to her familial dynasty, she just keeps herself out of there. Um, Unlike Megan McCain. Well, Megan McCain is... Megan, my father, McCain person on planet earth she's truly the person i think if given a chance i would be like let's murder her like she's not helping us let's get it going get going she's the she's the person well you know maybe trump yeah <laughs> like, I feel like there's a lot of others but i get the sentiment maybe a few terrorists you know yeah just, maybe some white supremacists yeah. although i would say megan mccain is a white supremacist she is a white supremacist so she's yeah. not helpful Mm-mm. Guys, it's a firing squad, is what I'm... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let's cut. Well, we're not cutting this. It's going right <laughs> We're not <up>. cutting it. <sighs> so, it, it basically, Carrie ends up giving Enid $100,000, which is batshit insane, and shows that this... Clearly, we're just... Money is fake in the show. I'm kind of, like, obsessed with Enid being, like, your husband's dad, so you're rich now. Like, saying what we've been saying. Yeah. For weeks. Uh, all right, we gotta wrap this up. What did you think of the fashion okay. in this one? Um... I didn't think there were huh. anything notable. I'm really looks. tired of seeing Miranda in red. I thought her hair looked beautiful. Like oh, when her she hair went looks into the great. bathroom um, and saw Che in that cowboy hat. Now, I will point out, you know, back in the day, they do like a cut from like, let's talk about semen to like Trey eating like a creamy sauce. Yeah. I felt the jump scare we did this episode was when we saw Che in a cowboy hat and then we cut to Carrie in one. <laughs> That it was, was terrible. It was, I was, uh, yeah. In terms of the men, we had Lyle, Marlon, Harry, Herbert, Lawrence, Todd, and Mark Caspian. Who are you going with? I think you're going with old Butt Boy. Who's Butt Boy? Oh. <laughs> Lyle. <laughs> I'm going to go with someone and you're not going to like it. Oh, no. Are you going with Marlon? I'm and going with Billy D. Well, no, I love Lawrence Todd. I thought you were going to go with Marlon, who, by the way, if I was a Dusty Elder, I thought he was gorgeous. In his yellow sweater. Um, I'm going with another Dusty Elder, Mark Caspian. Okay. And I'm glad glad we're going to see him again. What would you give this out of 10? (sighs) You know, I came in here thinking a 10. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'm going to honestly, I was going to go lower. But after discussing Miranda on the couch. Chris, that was the most profound thing I've ever heard. I have to give it a six. You were going to go lower than that? Yeah, I was hitting at a four. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't care for this one. Well, you know, we'll do this again. So thank you so much for listening. (laughs) We hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss the fifth episode of And Just Like That Season 2. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And guys, please send some reviews. I'm down bad in the reviews currently. Are you? Yeah, down bad. I haven't looked. Woo! They're taking shots left and right at me. And honestly, I've earned them. Yeah, and I've earned them all. 
And you can also support us on Patreon by joining us at patreon.com slash shortcomingspodcast, where we release bonus episodes every week. We do a little newsletter on Mondays. You get the And Just Like That episodes early, and we do a Zoom call once a month with our shorties. So you will be also supporting this podcast. We have to wrap up, so make it quick. No, I know. I'm just saying I'm looking at the reviews, and they're great. Oh, I'll read you some later. I'll text you some screenshots later. I I'm getting love the chemistry. I saw love Chris. Love this you podcast don't a winner. see he's rude. He's dismissive. He's giving mm. corporate culture. Oh, I saw that. Mm. But that's yeah. sandwiched between all the good ones. Let's not, the, let's not, don't let that get oh, you down. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe yours, your iTunes hasn't updated, because uh, there's some tough ones up top. Um, you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. And I'm at Bravo Historian on Threads. What the hell? Oh, Lord. Are you not even <laughs> going to tell people to join you over on Twitter anymore? We're shifting? We're shifting to Threads. All right. We're on Threads. Maybe I'll join. I won't. Bye. Bye. Bye.